Hey, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, on yet another edition of AHIC Talk Radio. Uh, joining us, we have uh, we have guests uh, with us for the first time in a while. Uh, you know, we do this every week. HIAC Talk Radio, me and Dan. But once a month, when we bleed out our pop culture knowledge, we uh, bring in the nerders. Well, now they've joined us on HIAC Talk Radio, the single greatest. Uh, you know, you've heard of power couples, but between these two, there's lots of power uh, in their union. Uh, Damien Dragon and Foxy Foxy, thank you for joining us here on uh, on HIAC Talk Radio. Uh they're going to step back with us. Fortunately, the Wayback Machine is a giant size, econo large size, so we can fit more than two people in it. So we're going to go back to a time. Even when, with me. Even with Dan. Um, we're going to go back to a time with uh, when there was wrestling in all 50 states without social distancing or masks uh, in high school gymnasiums, coliseums, and stadiums across the country when professional wrestling was all that we cared about when it was actually something that we would tune in to watch week after week on Saturday mornings, Saturday afternoons, and occasionally on the evenings. This, ladies and gentlemen, and children of all ages, is the wrestling historian. Light week in professional wrestling, and I'm going to put on my glasses now so I can see the past more clear, so don't mind the glare. Um, we're going to go back uh, last week in wrestling on August uh, 27th. I apologize. Um, right. <laughs> How dare um, you, Craig? Uh, you, you know, we were, we were towards the end of uh, SummerSlam. You know, SummerSlam was last week. And uh, in last week in wrestling history was SummerSlam week. Uh, some great SummerSlams uh, uh, were, were part of uh, our lives. August 25th, 2002. SummerSlam in the Nassau Coliseum, Long Island, New York, uh, would be the first title win and the last appearance of one of our favorite uh, of all time. Uh, SummerSlam 2002, the main event in that Nassau Coliseum, Rock versus Brock. Uh, the first, last, and only meeting between uh, Brock Lesnar and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, wow. And Brock uh, would go over, and he would, at that time, be the youngest champion in WWE history at only 26 years old, defeated Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, roles were reversed in the middle of that match because it became clear, thanks to the advent of the infancy of social media, that uh, Dwayne Johnson, going by his government name, would be leaving the company to finish filming, to, to start the filming of The Scorpion King. Um, the movie that would launch his, uh, his action movie career. And when it became clear that he was leaving, Rock, who was the face going in, and Brock Lesnar, who was the heel, uh, switched. And uh, the, the cheers that uh, Brock Lesnar received upon defeating The Rock were deafening. He became the uh, youngest heavyweight champion and would start his uh, dominant championship reign that going all the way in here 19 years later he can still bring a SummerSlam crowd to his feet just like he did last week when he uh, appeared at last week's SummerSlam but 
Um, that would be Brock Lesnar's uh, coming out party, uh, August 25th, 2002. Uh, August 26th, 1991, SummerSlam. Um, not only would that be the uh, several title changes took place, not only would that be uh, a historic uh, tag team title win, because the, the Nasty Boys would lose their WWF Tag Team Championship to, well, they were called the Legion of Doom, but we know them as the Road Warriors. And with that win, the Road Warriors became the first, last, and only tag team of professional wrestling history to be the AWA, NWA, and the WWF Tag Team Champions. The only team to win all three world titles in all three major federations. Uh, with their win over the Nasty Boys, uh, solidified that. Also winning uh, that same SummerSlam, winning his first singles championship in the WWF, defeating the perfect one, Kurt Henning, Bret Hart would become the Intercontinental Champion and would start his uh, epic solo career in the WWF. But his match against uh, Kurt Henning, uh, match of the year to me, and... Um, that would be Kurt Henning's last match for another two years uh, because of his uh, his back injury, but it would set Bret Hart off into his uh, incredible, uh, successful solo uh, career. August twenty seventh. I'm sorry. Go, Dan. Um, see the finger. I heard. I heard. Well, two things. I heard uh, Damien uh, gasp at the Bret Hart Mister Perfect match and wanted to know if he wanted to elaborate on that one real quick. No, I mean just. I mean, I, it's an incredible match. Was uh, the year was ninety six, right? One. 91. 91? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, I I wasn't even in the business yet. I had a few years to go yet, but I was just like, again, I wasn't I wasn't a Hulkamaniac or anything like that. I was more into the guys that did what they did, and Smart I just guy. remember like how incredible that match was, and it's that that match still stands the test of time. And we're talking about a guy working with a with a hurt back. I was about to say, knowing what we know now about Kurt Hennig's back. Yeah. I heard with a hurt back and did everything he could to solidify Brett on that launching. I mean, that match was incredible. And and Brett still calls that uh, one of his favorite matches of all time, mostly because of Kurt Hennig. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, God, yeah. I just wanted to backtrack for a second because GM Spectre says heart and perfect rule. Absolutely. Um. I just wanted to ask a question because it actually I was going to ask this knowing you all were going to be on because uh, I'm in 1992 chronological on the new WWE network on Peacock. Uh, is it me that is it only me that didn't get the Nasty Boys ever? It's it, me? No, no. And, and there was a whole lot to get. Um, Hugo Sag and Hugo Saganovich and I'm sorry, Jerry Saganovich and, and Brian Nobbs were who they were, um, but started in in the AWA. And to their credit, they kept the same gimmick everywhere they went from the AWA to the WCW to the WWF. Uh, and the, while they didn't get any gold in the in WCW, they had some great matches with the Steiners. Uh, they were former AWA tag team champions, and they were WWF tag team champions at a time where uh, Vince liked his characters big and loud and brash. And the Nasty Boys were made for WWF TV in their late 80s, early 90s. 
they did, the gun they again. Did, like, they did their job. They, they were yeah. they were supposed yeah. to be hated. They, they, were, did, they were the quintessential token heel. Yeah, like they were supposed you know? to be hated, and you hated them, and yeah. that's what you wanted. And they did their job. Yeah, and when they turned face, doing the exact same thing they did before because they liked the outrageous, you know, events like the outrageous stuff. I mean, the the pit stop, you know, uh, maneuver, kind of like that was a precursor to the stink face, you know, that that gets fans uh, excited. So they were, I think they were, if anything, they were made more for the WWF than the previous. And and somehow, if I'm correctly, they even at one point because all that stuff got over so much. They eventually became baby faces. Yeah, yeah. I do that. They were and when doing were, all that same disgusting yeah, stuff. Yeah. They became baby faces. Yeah, and they were all oh, you soon they were selling ice cream bars. Yeah, you know, they, <laughs> they were hugely over. Yeah. I do I, I do over. say I will say that they're they're one of the, the fun most fun the funniest because it wasn't completely comedy, but one of the funnest uh, memories of the nasty uh, of the nasty boys was uh, Harlem Heat and Uncensored '96, where Sherry almost fell in the uh, concession stand. No, she didn't almost fall. She fell. Uh, Sags almost tore his knee and fell. Uh, the Harlem Heat almost fell, but it was just like it was Bobby. Also, the 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 four of them and Sherry and Bobby just having fun with them bumbling around in the fake concession stands on the floor, which. Uh, yeah, that, that was funny. But I, I always, I'm going back and I'm like, I don't remember liking, I don't remember being like, yeah, Nasty Boys. I, their, their, their United States tag team title match against the Steiners in the WCW pay-per-view, I forget which one it was, uh, when Sags got busted open uh, hard way, was... Not uh, Havoc 90, is it? Yeah, Halloween Havoc, I apologize. Yeah, but that, that, that was, just mentioned it. Yeah, that was, match, that was a tag team match of the year to, to me. And to me, that's what got them over for me as, as legitimate tough guys. Ends with the great looking Frankensteiner. There's yeah. some Frankensteiners that are like, Ugh. and that one just looked like killed the dude. <laughs> yeah. It just killed Sag. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Craig. I just wanted to bring that up while I remembered. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I wasn't the big Nasty Boys fan either, but like like Damon said, everywhere they went, they did their job. Yeah, they you were know, popular. They were, they Everybody yeah. else liked them. And I was like, what am I missing? No, there, there's nothing to miss. Uh, speaking of missing, uh, if you, I wasn't there, but um, uh, August 27th, 1990, right here in the beautiful air conditioned Philadelphia Spectrum with SummerSlam 1990. Uh, lots of uh, great things that happened on that night. The Hart Foundation, Brett and uh, Jim the Anvil, would defeat Demolition to win their third and final. WWF Tag Team Championship. What a match. What a yeah. match that was. Great match that was. Uh, the aforementioned Kurt Henning would uh, lose all... It's, it's weird that Kurt Henning would lose the Intercontinental Championship twice within a year. Uh, 26, 1991, he lost it to uh, to Bret Hart. When August 27th, 1990, he lost it to Kerry Von Erich. Um, Texas Tornado. And I couldn't help but watch... Could, but see watching this match in Philadelphia of all places to watch a former NWA champion defeat a former AWA heavyweight champion for an intercontinental title belt. Um, amazing how, uh, not how the mighty have fallen, but how those two great champions were now part of a, uh, a <laughs> these two giant world champions were now part of a cog in a very large wheel. Um, 
And uh, the uh, main event uh, at SummerSlam was um, Ultimate Warrior defeating uh, Rick Rude in, in a cage for the World Heavyweight Championship, the only main event pay-per-view title match that Rick Rude ever had in, in his whole WWF career. Uh, but I That's thought, blasphemous. Yeah. Worth mentioning that one of the great money-making heels of his generation only got the uh, his only main event pay-per-view uh, title shot was against Ultimate Warrior because Hogan was too afraid to face him. Uh, also in attendance that, that day, August 27, 1990, coming off of Incredible parasailing accident was Brutus Beefcake. Uh, August 29th, uh, SummerSlam 1988, the very first SummerSlam, Mega Powers, Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan going in the main event against Andre the Giant and Ted DiBiase, special guest referee Jesse the Body Ventura. The Mega Bucks. The, <laughs> uh, but the Mega Powers. Uh, the very first SummerSlam kicked off uh, August 29th, 1988. Uh, and that same date, four years later, August 29th, 1992, still the largest crowd in SummerSlam history. It wasn't even here. We had to go across the pond, Wembley Arena, walking to the ring. Uh, Lennox Lewis, who whose birthday it is today, by the way. Wow. Um, walked to the ring carrying the Union Jack in the corner of Davy Boy Smith, uh, going up against, get this, the Intercontinental Champion, Bret Hart. What? Yeah. Yeah. Mickey the Intercontinental Re- Championship was the main event. Yeah. <laughs> and make and and in SummerSlam week, Dame, you might have noticed that all these uh, matches I've talked about in this week in wrestling history revolve around the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, and, and they all have back injuries. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what a big deal uh, the Intercontinental title was. That was that that was the la- that was the launching pad belt. That was the belt everybody wanted. It, it, dare I say it was kind of like a, a time felt bigger than the heavyweight title. Yeah, and you you know, Dame, you have you have wrestlers like Bret Hart and Kurt Henning uh, to thank. But before that, though, if it wasn't for wrestlers like Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat making Tito it. Santana. Tito Santana yeah. making it a, a big deal. Uh, yeah. it, it was seen for some, it was seen as the working man's <clears throat> championship. You yeah, know, like, was, don't, don't, if you think about it, like those last four, Greg Valentine mm-hmm. to Tito Santana, yeah, to, to Randy Savage, Savage to and even, if I remember correctly, Morocco too. Yeah. Um, uh, Morocco and Pedro Morales, uh, they were the first two time holders of the Intercontinental Championship. They, they, one of them, even one of the title changes, even took place right here in Philadelphia, April uh, 5th, 1980. That was that was uh, your launching pad title, yeah. Uh, and not only Bret Hart, but the guy that, um, and then Davy Boy, the guy that Davy Boy lost, the Davy Boy won it on that on that date, August 29th, but the guy that beat him for it, Shawn Michaels, launched his solo career uh, and also did the same thing for two other wrestlers that did pretty well, Steve Austin and The Rock. Exactly. Yep. Just thinking the same thing. You know, it's it's almost like the whole Intercontinental title thing, like you mentioned how it was almost like a working man's thing. And mm-hmm. 
you know, to fans watching, not like, you know, being a wrestling fan turned wrestler, but just being as a fan, when it came to the intercontinental, intercontinental title, you know, as, as a fan watching, it was also, it was almost like you could like all of them involved. Whereas whenever it came to the heavyweight title in a main event, you, you kind of felt, okay, I should only really like one of them because it's the main title. But when it came to whoever was going for the internet intercontinental title, you, you like them all, yeah. you know, whether they were good or bad, you, you like them all. So it was always one big free for all and oh my God, who's going to win it. So it had much more like diversity in that respect. If, if, you, if you had to look at it in terms of like divisions, like as it went, that was basically like the precursor to what like the WCW cruiserweight division was. The WCW cruiserweight division was the working man's division that, that, that kept the program hot underneath whatever was going yeah. on. That's what the intercontinental picture did on all the TV. Cause remember for those of us that grew up in that time frame, whatever, like, you know, when Hogan was champion or whoever was champion, they were hardly on TV. Yeah. So it fell onto the shoulders of, the intercontinental, whoever the intercontinental champion. champion, whoever had that. Yeah, and the and and some I called it Dan at the time. I called the intercontinental title the WWF Television Championship because that was yeah. the only title. The same, you could see. You know, it's yeah, exactly the same way. Yeah, it's basically what RVD did for the ECW TV title. TV title he made that yeah. title mean so much more than yeah. a heavyweight title. And think of this, Damon WrestleMania ten. What match stole the show? The first ever ladder match. Shawn Michaels and, and Scott and Razor Ramon for the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. WrestleMania uh, 3. Yeah. WrestleMania 3. Oh, yeah. Steamboat Macho. That's right. <laughs> Best match of the card. Again, yeah. that's what made Intercontinental. Uh, and keeping on this tradition, August 30th, 1993, SummerSlam in Auburn Hills, Michigan. Uh, big crowd. The, the biggest thing that happened on that night, it wasn't. Lex Luger defeating Yokozuna Bye. by countout and having a celebration like he had just won the Super Bowl in the NBA Finals at the same time um, and ending, thankfully, the Lex Express. But the biggest thing <laughs> that came, it, 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 to come out of that SummerSlam game, uh, Shawn Michaels, who was the Intercontinental Champion, defeated Kurt Henning by countout. That was the first time in SummerSlam history where the Intercontinental title did not change hands. Wow. Oh, wow. Every yeah, the, the Intercontinental Championship used to be like the hot potato at, uh, at SummerSlam. Yeah, but, was- but, but 1993 was the first time in, in five SummerSlams, or it had been wow. six, that the, that the Intercontinental title did not change hands. Wow. So. Shawn Michaels, that's when I knew that Shawn Michaels was going to be something because he, I going in, I thought Kurt Henning was going to regain it. I thought every, too, yeah. I thought every so summer, too. Every SummerSlam, we have a new Intercontinental Champion. That's how we, but when Shawn Michaels won, it's like, ooh, might be onto something. That, that boy, good. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that boy, good. <laughs> Dad joke. And by the way, don't ever do that again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was oh, she knows. I, Wait. Do, I, do the, I do those characters really well. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew that was coming. Like, good. Good and terrible. <laughs> Remind me to wear my McDowell's shirt next time we do uh, HIAC Talk Radio with uh, you guys. I didn't know you had one, but now I oh, demand it. 
I have but a McDowell. Funny, I used to, the, 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 the McDowell's that they had was literally right across the street from the Elks Lodge on Queens Boulevard. I used to see it every time I wrestled there. Wow. Yeah, it was like that, that McDowell's. Was, if you watch the footage and you go back and you look, you'll actually see the Elks Lodge when they're outside shoveling the snow and changing the garbage bags. Mm-hmm. That's the Elks Lodge right across the street. Two iconic places in one, like dead ass. Cause yeah. I, I had to do ring crew for the Queens Elks Lodge once and I was so excited because it was the Queens Elks Lodge. It's the Elks Lodge. <laughs> yeah, I like fangirled over a building. And then when we got there with the ring truck, I was like, wait, that's McDowell. <laughs> and of course I'm driving with like straight up suburban white guy wrestler. He's like, what? I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, of course, God. I was the only I was one of two <laughs> I say white kids in hand tangent, but it was all um I was only one of t- two of my friends that ever saw that movie as a kid. Like it is a young kid to teenagers that <laughs> saw that. I'm like, how has nobody seen this? How has nobody seen this fucking movie? Jesus Christ. It is a classic. Uh, speaking of classic, uh, September 1st, 1990, um, 31 years ago, a classic angle uh, that uh, occurred on Saturday morning television of all places. And uh, that fortunately now uh, lives on uh, thanks to, to YouTube. But um, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, at the studios of WMC TV, where they tape Memphis wrestling every Saturday, they did for weeks and for you know, 30, 40 years. Um, there was the, uh, Eddie Gilbert and Jerry Lawler were in the midst of their huge feud. It was 1990 feud of the year. Well, on this particular, uh, Saturday morning edition of, uh, Memphis championship wrestling, their battle took place out, went from the studio out into the parking lot and Jerry Lawler chased Eddie Gilbert out into the parking lot. It was there. Eddie got into his car and gunned it towards Jerry Lawler. Now, the spot was intended for Eddie to slow down and uh, Jerry to jump on the hood and roll off. Eddie Gilbert, (laughs) adrenaline, nerves. Ran his ass over. (laughs) Heavy foot, gunned it to the point where Jerry Lawler went ass over tea kettle was legitimately hit by a car <laughs> uh, guys who, hold on craig is explaining it uh, he hit i just because i just saw it scrolling on twitter the other day dude hit him with the car like as hard as you could with the amount of space he had to speed up nailed him like, i don't know how he's alive the fact that, that it it's now that it lives on youtube when it happened again it's 31 years ago no internet only through wrestling magazines and hearsay. And it wasn't until about 10 years later when I started, or eight years later, I started tape trading that I actually saw it, physically saw it. The, the quietness, because they're, they're going outside. They started in the, in, the, in the studio filled with audience members cheering. When they go outside, you can't hear the audience. You can only hear Lance Russell talk. When Eddie Gilbert ran over Jerry Lawler with the car. All you had was all you heard was complete silence because no one could believe what they just saw. To the point where because we just 
witness fans and the Memphis wrestling fans, they did an 11.4 rating every week for Saturday morning Memphis TV. So you are seeing not just in Memphis, but in Kentucky and Louisiana and parts of Ohio and Indiana saw this. They just witnessed uh, an attempted vehicular homicide. <laughs> you just witnessed a vehicular assault. <laughs> to, to the point that uh, when Eddie Gilbert, after he hit Jerry Lawler by accident, drove around the corner, uh, was told not was told by he called immediately, went to a payphone and called the studio. Is he okay? Is he okay? Uh, Jerry Lawler wasn't okay. A very sore hip, but he was had, hit by a car. He was hit by yeah, and he was hit by a truck, so it was it was bad. Yeah, but, truck, uh, yeah. but had to tell the local police officers because the people, the amount of people that called the police after they saw what just happened on Saturday morning TV, Jerry Lawler had to tell the cops, had to break kayfabe and say it was it was all an act. I'm okay. He was not okay, but had to tell the police that he was and had to tell Eddie Gilbert on the phone, Eddie, don't come back to the studio because police are here to arrest you for attempted vehicular homicide. True story. And instead, and had had this happened 10 years later in 2000, it would have been, it might've been national mainstream news as it happened. Uh, it was in 1990, part of an angle, but Eddie Gilbert running over Jerry Lawler with his truck uh, took place September 1st, 1990. I give you homework every every week, HIAC Talk Radio viewers and listeners. Check out that clip on YouTube. Uh, but it was still real to them. Yeah, that we have to uh, suffer through that. Jerry Lawler did, certainly. Um, a really bad accident, but one that he could walk away from and talk about. Now, we're still talking about it now, 31 years later. Uh, it's the sound that his body makes in the car, dude. In the truck. It's amazing. And it's scary, honestly. Yeah. Um, it could have been a, 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 a whole lot worse because Eddie gunned it and Jerry flipped over the car and landed hip first on the on the asphalt very scary injury very scary angle um but yeah the attempted vehicular homicide we almost witnessed saturday morning memphis tv september 1st 1990 uh and we're gonna uh go ahead of uh we're recording this september 2nd in the year of our lord 2021 uh, but I wanted to point out that September 3rd was a uh, big day in wrestling history because it set in motion uh, so many things that shaped the professional wrestling world that we know and love right now. Uh, September 3rd, 1954. I have to go back to 1954 in St. Louis. Uh, and I bring this up to bring this back to um, current everyday wrestling. But September 3rd, 1954 in St. Louis, Missouri was a first meeting, which would be an annual meeting, the first uh, NWA meeting, annual NWA meeting of all the promoters in the United States at the time. 
And in that first meeting, there was uh, Sam Muchnick, who was a pioneer of the NWA, uh, brought wrestling, in the NWA in St. Louis, became their headquarters. Frank Tunney, who was uh, huge in Toronto and in the WWF, the WWF figurehead president, but uh, ruled out, had a lot, so much influence in Toronto with the Sheik and the NWA. Uh, Leroy McGurk, who started the Mid-South uh, wrestling organization that Bill Watts would later take over and make it the most popular and probably started more mainstream wrestling careers than any uh, wrestling promoter. Jim Crockett, obviously, in the Mid-Atlantic area, who started the careers of Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper, put them on the map. Stu Hart attended the first uh, NWA uh, meeting, obviously, uh, in Calgary, Stampede, responsible for not only his son's careers, but so many other great careers. Uh, Junkyard Dog, Jake the Snake Roberts, Bad News Brown. All Dynamite Kid. In, 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 Dynamite Kid. Davey Boy all started in, under Stu Hart. Paul Jones, a uh, promoter in Georgia, uh, who was responsible for getting TBS on the air and making TBS the superstation and the most watched wrestling promotion in the United States. Um, thanks to that, happened under Paul, Paul Jones. Don Owen in Portland, uh, who by all uh, accounts was the, maybe the nicest promoter in at saying something in all wrestling, but he launched so many great careers. Jesse Ventura, Jimmy Snuka, Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper loved Don Owen so much that even when he wrestled in the WWF at the height of his career, he still went back to wrestle for Don Owen, which back at the time when Vince had monopoly on professional re- on where WWF wrestlers could wrestle, Roddy Piper still would wrestle for Don Owen, who was an NWA. Um, promoter uh, Roy Welch, who started the um, the Southern uh, territory that we know and love, that Jerry Jarrett later, later took over, and then Jerry Lawler did um, as well. They but they were all at the first uh, NWA presidents meeting, and it would be in the annual meeting every year that started uh, and that would go into uh, 1983. But every year these promoters would get together. Uh, started in St. Louis and later would go to Las Vegas, but they would, you know, decide on uh, among things that there were going to be some rules instituted. It was there when the Southern territories decided to make it a rule to have wrestlers disqualified for being thrown over the top rope, or if you came off the top rope, that'd be a $500 fine. Uh, and that's where we get heels over because if we did one of those things when the referee's back was turned, place would go nuts. And it was also there at the annual NWA meeting when they would decide who would be the NWA champion year after year. And uh, promoters would get a vote. And Vince McMahon, senior and junior, would also be a part of that. Because even back in, uh, up until 1983, the WWF was a part of the NWA because the NWA was the largest governing body in professional wrestling. And they will make uh, decisions not just for WWF, but also for the AWA as well. But the first annual uh, president's meeting took place September 3rd, 1954. And earlier this week, uh, the NWA celebrated 73rd anniversary show um, with not only an appearance by Ric Flair, but crowning of a new NWA champion, 
So hats off, even though we're looking back in the past, hats off in the present to Trevor Murdoch, who paid his dues and defeated Nick Aldis, who had been champion for more than a thousand days. The longest reigning champion, longest reigning NWA champion since Dory Funk Jr. from 1969 <laughs> to 1973. Uh, Nick Aldis held it for three years, and no NWA champion has held it that long. And uh, 52 years. Uh, so hats off to Trevor Murdoch. Hats off to Nick Aldis for a splendid three-year run. Hats off to Ric Flair for returning to uh, the 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 organization that made him a star, the NWA, uh, celebrating his 73rd anniversary earlier this week. But September 3rd, 1954, was the first of the first annual NWA President's Meeting. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is the wrestling historian. And now, uh, it's Dame time. Take it away, Damien. Yeah, here comes Dame Dragon with the hot tag. <laughs> Dame time. All right, I like that. All right, well, again, for those of you that are tuning in, this is the this is where worlds collide. That's like a, it works on multiple levels. Uh, you're ready to go. Uh, I'm ready to go. Everything like that, worlds collide. It worked on so many things. It worked on so many levels. Rob anyway. Zombie's brother. Anyway, yeah, we actually played the video, video before earlier for our son just before we came on the air. <laughs> nice. And actually, I did not learn that until about that time when that video played. Wait, was that that was Rob Zombie's brother? Yeah, I did not know. Yeah, Chris awesome. Zombie. <laughs> Chris <All right>. Zombie. <laughs> Fuck. Oh right. my god. So, Again, this is kind of a continuation spawning off from where we were at at Nerd on Nerd Herders rebooted just last week and everything like that. So there's not a lot left to the list. Uh, basically, what we were chiming in about was um, last weekend's biggest uh, um, weekend in wrestling in quite a long time and everything like that. Um, and we had left off. We were talking about the whole Bianca Belair, Sa uh, Charlotte, Sasha Banks thing. Uh -huh. I mean, that's uh, Bianca Belair. Uh, um, Becky, Becky Lynch. Sorry, Becky Lynch. Sorry, sorry. And Sasha Banks. Now, we do have a little bit. Someone actually picked up a little bit more info, even though we closed that topic, <laughs> on the big thing that we talked about, which was the big factor of it, which was Sasha Banks that nobody was talking about. And mm -hmm. someone here right next to me actually has some details. I do. And it's nothing that... uh sheets or anybody else has picked up um Wait, hold on who did you murder for this information <laughs> honey i am a female and i'm a scorpio i can figure out anything on the internet when i really want to gotcha gotcha but uh i, I, I find it interesting again that dirt sheets and re wrestling reporters which falls into what you had said last time i know picked up on it or refused to report on it because again of it because of who it is meanwhile other talent or released talent never get that same treatment um however uh it was it was pointed out uh this week that um you know aew is going to start requiring their uh roster to be vaccinated okay and then from oh. that, from that stems someone saying, oh, well, we all know Sasha won't go there then. So after some careful deducing, because that kind of stuck out to me for a bit, um, 
it turns out that Sasha is uh, anti-vax, which yeah. is a topic we are not going to get into. We're not okay? going there. We're not going. We're not going there. However, um, when you are in a wrestling ring in very close contact with someone, bodily fluids, sweat, and etc., that is a precaution that everybody should be taking because just like the physical act of wrestling, you are in there in charge of somebody else's body basically. Um, now, uh, the vaccination thing for COVID is also something that WWE is heavily implementing as well. See, I did not know that part of it. I knew the, I knew about the Sasha Banks thing yes. a couple weeks ago. I did the not WWE, know the dumb. Yes. They, they wanted everybody taken care of since they were hitting the road again. They, yes. they, they wanted everybody vaccinated. Aha, uh -huh, the um, plot does thicken. Yes. Now, again, this has not been reported so I cannot confirm whether this is true you did or not. This. But uh, at this point, it does not take a rocket scientist to figure out that Sasha isn't and hasn't been on shows due to the uh, the vaccination rules. However, what the part that we don't officially know is if a she's refusing to get it, thereby not on the shows, or if they're keeping her off until she does that is the part that is unknown but it's still yeah but the whole situation still falls into what i said on the previous episode of nerd hers which you guys should all listen to which is that at the end of the day sasha is the one that fucked bianca oh. out of a SummerSlam moment yeah. would they accept her back in the ring if she took horse dewormer because right now um because they they already put out there that she will Hopefully, they didn't say definitely that she will hopefully be back. I, I forgot what date they just said in September. I think it was like a house a SmackDown house show or something like that. But they also said hopefully. Yes. So a month, huh? That's and, perfect look, timing, eh? And and look, we we all know that if this was an injury, everybody and their mother. Would oh, they, everybody know. Known it. If this was an issue of just needing time off, everybody and their mother would know. And and, and again, this is where I have to bring up the hypocrisy of the the you know quote unquote rest in you know wrestling community slash dirt writers slash you know legitimate reporters in that <laughs> the, the treatment that they give other wrestlers when it comes to you know reporting things that are private or making their own assumptions about certain things and even just false claims about why someone's not there why someone's not used or got fired etc meanwhile again we have untouchable precious sasha banks who does not i mean great look i don't want her to get that same treatment that is not what i'm saying i just think that it's so fucked up how the, the picky choosy of the internet wrestling community yeah it is and the thing is is it's it's potentially harmful to the people yeah. that they do pick and then it's it's like again i'm not saying she should get that treatment that is not what i'm saying no one fucking deserves that kind of treatment it's again it's just mind-boggling so it could be it could be toxic both ways yes thank it can be toxic, toxic both, ways. both ways it is toxic period both ways it yeah. you you can be given you can give a toxic it can be toxic to in a negative way to some the way you bash on people but it can also be toxic in the way you glorify somebody thank you that's that's, thank that's you. what you're looking for yes. yeah, you you. this this information was coming out like two three weeks ago and I, 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 and I, 
I, I stayed out of it, but I was observing a lot of it. Uh, the what you're explaining, the tearing down and or glorifying of because of this thing that we're not going to get into. Um, and it happened live. It's like it, there was a real debate about it's none of buddy's business. And the other side of it is, is it, well, it's the people she's working with business. <laughs> well, that's a very good point you have there. <laughs> well, I'm going to sit this one out, folks. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I, guys, get the vaccine. That's it. That's All right. So that's. So we're going to close the deal on that one. Now, moving on to, of course, the, the main event, which was, you know, the big shocker of Brock Lesnar returning. To again, a thunderous ovation and everything like that. Like him or hate him or anything like that. The guy makes money. The guy is an attraction. The guy, you know, whatever. The crowd loved it. The crowd went bananas and everything like that. So obviously they're setting up him and Roman and everything like that. And now they're already, you know, pitching all that. And then what was intriguing, though, which was actually because, you know, after the after the live feed went off, of course, he gave Cena an F5, you know, sending Cena on his way back to Hollywood. But then this week, it just came out, too. Like, it seemed like he was actually, for the first time in a long time, enjoying himself. <laughs> he was leaving the ring, all smiles. He's giving high fives and fist bumps and everybody going up the rampway. And it was like, yeah, exactly. It's a see, Craig's face. Craig, what? It was the R-Truth boombox. It was, just, it was the R-Truth boombox moment all over again. It's like, what? Yeah, like, and you could tell he was genuinely happy to be there. And he's like, again, he's high fiving kids, he's high fiving everybody's giving fist bumps. And I haven't seen him do that since like the days of like he was an actual baby face first on SmackDown. He even rarely did it then, even though he's a baby face because because Brock hates people. Yeah, that's why I'm shocked. I can relate. So it was weird, but you know, but yeah. Uh, uh, now, according to the thing, he's got he's basically got eight appearances or matches, whatever you want to call it, for the year. So now, as we had did it before, the way we're doing it now, thoughts on the Brock Lesnar return? And since it's been a while since the lady in the room has been on HIAC, let's let Miss Foxy Foxy go first. I think the roll of my eyes when you said how often he has to wrestle pretty much explains everything. I mean, I was I was gonna say. I don't think there's no gray area on that one, folks. Like, okay, I, 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 I get bringing a, him in. He's a I, draw. I get it. All right, I, I'm not dumb. I get that. But You're just in, a girl. In, I'm just a girl. <laughs> but in in lieu, in lieu of all of the amazing talent that was released, in lieu of all of the potential that is still on roster for the moment, for the moment. <laughs> God save now, Elias. Yeah. God save Elias. Yeah. But again, in in lieu of all of that, it, it just comes to the point where it's like, yay, Brock. I, I'm like that, though, with a lot of the people that they bring in. Because again, it's like you, you have amazing talent still on roster for the moment. And it's like, you're, you're sitting here, yay, Goldberg. Yay, Brock. Yeah. And well, it, Goldberg who almost killed Lashley, by the way. And it's just and, well, then, it, and, then, it, and just to top it off again, 
the 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 contract and the schedule it's like look i give this dude credit you don't want to bump that much go for it. our friend rob echoes also known as uh, uh robert stone robert stone at nxt his thing on the indies his major goal was to go an entire match without taking one bump so you know what good on brock but in the same right again you're you're getting x amount of money for x amount of appearances in lieu of releases and talent they're busting their asses to be on television not even on a story just on television to have a match and not just sit and cater scratching that scratching to have their like breakthrough moment or something like i i'm one of those people that's very bitter very bitter i'm not gonna lie very bitter when i see the old talent returning for x amount of even the john cena thing that seeing him come back was like okay cool i guess but and then you know you're doing the thing for roman and getting roman over and yes, then you're still. leaving you already left because of prior obligations and it's like elevate who you have well and that was i what i was going to say fox it's symptomatic and it's like i i don't hate those guys for coming back so yeah. much as, as i hate the fact that the reason why they come there they're coming back is because the WWE has done such a piss poor job of getting their current roster over. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is going to bleed into something else. Like, like I said, like, I, I'm, I'm a huge Elias fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for anybody watching who does not know me, not because of looks. Okay. Like I love his character. I Obviously, love every, now. well, he, he's a hottie. Yes. But that is so beyond besides the point. Like I love his character. It's such a throwback. He, he takes, everything 100% that you give him and does something with it. He has great in-ring skills. He worked the indies. But every time he gets to that point of elevation, they knock him down. He's repackaging himself now. Why? But well, then... Supposedly it's because of the Rick Boogs thing, since they don't want two of the same type characters. And Elias was there first. Either way. <laughs> I, I get it with that one. But again, you know, you have someone like again Elias on roster who can give it, you know, he has that charisma. He has a connection with the audience. He has the in-ring skills. But then you bring someone like Cena back who immediately had to leave. He can't even fully commit. And it's really disheartening because everything is there. I'm going to quote, bring it on for a second. Platter finals. Hello. Oh, it's, it's, it's... <laughs> yeah, Specter. So they picked Boogs. Yeah, I don't. Right. Uh, I just want to chime in real quickly on this. I don't give a rat's ass about Brock Lesnar's return, and I don't give a shit about Goldberg's return. Uh, I I know there are people excited about it, and I'm usually up or down on Goldberg because there's times where I'm like, ah, that Goldberg thing will be cool. The last two runs, I'm like, I'm good. We're good with Goldberg. I I don't care if his son sees him wrestle. Um. I feel the same way about Brock Lesnar. Um, usually I'm real high on Lesnar. And this time I was like, and so much other things going on. So many people that uh, are there now. And I'm like, why you waste? I, I, I'm so confused what the WWE is telling me right now. They're letting all these people go constantly. And there's more coming. And they're talking about not reaching back in the past. And then you shove Goldberg and, and, and Brock Lesnar down our throats. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the opposite 
end of the spectrum. One I will toss out there. I know Dan will like what I'm about to say next. The one that people are hating just because you like said I like it. No, you'll like it. Trust me. (laughs) That people are starting to quietly talk about it. Thanks, thanks, boy. Uh, Quietly talk about it and slowly rising is actually the way they've been building up Damian Priest. That that has been a uh, it was we're talking about Daphne on the the, uh, Daphne episode, uh, how it was a bright spot. Damian Priest has been an amazing bright spot. I was legitimately thrilled and surprised about his win at SummerSlam. And, and then we, what they just did with them on Raw. I haven't seen Raw yet. There's the problem. I haven't seen Raw yet. I'm so far behind. It's been a well, week. I can, t- I can tell you really quick. Put it this way. They went, uh, after his big win at SummerSlam for the U.S. title, they went almost an hour three-way dance with him, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre with Damian Priest going over for the win and then Drew McIntyre giving him the handshake and respect spot at the end of the match. And he went over Drew McIntyre clean. That's the he thing. Went over if, he Drew had, McIntyre if he had pinned Sheamus, they would have, no one would have thought anything because yeah. Sheamus is now, his job should be to putting young talent over. But he yeah. went over Drew McIntyre, former world champion, who's, the guy who beat who's, Brock Lesnar. In who's five basically minutes. been dubbed the godfather of the locker room. Like, yeah. they, he's got like a big, he's like, you know, he's like the big guy in, in, in the back in the locker room and everything like that. But like, supposedly, he's a guy that they're looking at to potentially be something big. And I'm so I'm hoping. Yeah, but yeah, I, I couldn't be happier for the guy. No. And obviously, because I'm so happy for him too, because he's one of the, few you can count on one hand that's currently breaking the nxt curse because he was brought up and he's been pushed that's what's so refreshing to see why it couldn't happen to a keith lee why it couldn't have happened to you know an elias in a more consistent carrying cross in a more consistent basis but the fact that they're doing it with damien priest damien priest would he would be in my grade eight he would you know would be in maybe not my top four, but definitely in my second four of guys that you need to elevate and keep on the top level for as long as possible, because he checks all the boxes. He's big. He's, you know, he looks good. He's got a great look. He's got a great gimmick. He, he's got a great promo. He talks like a grown man. Um, And I, 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 Craig, I what we were say, what we were saying for weeks, mm-hmm. slow burn yeah. weeks. We've been saying for years, how, we need a slow burn in wrestling and, and Damien, it's been such a, and, and I mean this in a positive way, yeah, such a, he started at point a, and there's been a very gradual, slow lift to Cause let's look at this way. Nobody thought the match he was, he did at mania was going to yeah. be anything with this guy. And yeah, they, he was overshadowed, yeah, he was overshadowed by bunny though, by bad they, bunny. But, but, but still, they, they, they still surprised everybody. Mm-hmm. And he, he took that and he ran with it. And also, again, you know, to see a guy come from where he's come from, like Dan and I and all of us know, being out here to turn himself around shape-wise and everything like that. To, and he's getting that slow. It's like. Dude, you say that. We say that, though. But I was there in the buildings, in the locker room with this dude yes, at exactly. New Moon. I was there with him before the shows. And, and this is a nice guy. 
one of the nicest deserves this more than I could put into words. But even in New Moon, and we know the size of New Moon, and I don't mean that in a derogatory or negative way. It is a smaller place of the New York. It's a smaller place of the New Jersey Indies, the smaller size. But that place went nuts when that dude came out. He's the only one that got an entrance. Everybody else got music and a video. We, we Justin America used to produce videos for everybody. You guys had one too. You sent him the graphics over and he had it. the video up on the screen. This dude got the lights off, got the, got the DJ machine on, and he was over, over. And it's just, it's kind of 10 years later. It's like, well, less a little less than 10 years later, but yeah, you know, the, the, the thing where you, the stigma and it's earned, in my opinion, the WWE earned this where it's like, hey, my favorite guy. Well, I guess I'll never see him as champion. And this time he's like, no, he's U.S. champion at SummerSlam in front of uh, 48,000 people. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, all right. Yeah, I guess that's I deserve and it. That's what I mean. Like, you know, so he's kind of like the underlying like hit of SummerSlam that people are starting to like, and then he followed up with a match he just had at, at Raw. It was incredible. Did, wait, before you go, Craig, did I... I meant to throw back to you. You had more to say, or were you good? No, I, I was. I was good. I just refreshing to see that someone from NXT actually can make it to the main roster and keep ascending. Yeah, agreed. All right. All right. So now moving on to Sunday. Now, obviously, the only Sunday thing that was really big on everybody's mind at that moment was the fact that this was Adam Cole's last uh, on TV obligation in terms of a wrestling match. Because there was also the Mattel thing he did later in the week, but come to find out he was, that was pre-taped with Gargano and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So then the questions were, okay, are they going to toss him any money or like that? And here we are now, uh, a little more than a week later, and he is officially a free agent and everything. So where does Adicole go next? Well, is it, I'm guessing Dan's already got news on this. No, I don't have news on this. I just oh. couldn't wait. I've just good. You've been waiting to spat out yeah, on this one. Free agent could very still mean resign. Though. Exactly. Well, that's, that's what I was gonna. He, yeah. he could still pop up. Who knows? That's what I, I wanted to say. I wanted to say because I have been keeping my mouth shut about this as well. I've been picking and choosing on social media recently. Uh, not yesterday. Yesterday I was having a fuck field day because I was just in a bad mood. Um, uh. We just talked about Damian Priest and shooting him over the moon. And and I again the stigma the WWE earned about well, they only care about big guys, but then you mentioned Shawn Michaels and other little guys, you know, little guys, quote unquote, that have made it big. Because we all know the story that like Adam super impressed Vince McMahon between his matches with Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins. Sign him and shoot him to the fucking moon. There's no reason on earth. There, you could de- we have debated before about well this person's got this but not so much promo and that but, 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 but. I, I, Adam Cole's got it all of all of it all of it straight up there's no reason he should be a free agent you're a moron if you don't sign this guy and I know I'm 
You can't call promoters with running for over 55 years or more on. He knows what he's doing. You're a goddamn moron if you're not signing Adam Cole. Anybody who has the money to sign that guy should sign him and keep him. It ain't that hard. There's no, I don't feel there's a debate on where Adam Cole should be. Top eight. Craig, we talk about top eight. Adam Cole's top of five. Yes. Top of five. I was I went to the town yeah. there about a thing. Yeah, if there was a, if there was a grade eight, Adam Cole should be in your top four. God, yeah. I mean, like Adam Cole, and again, this is, I guess, a partial bias, but also it's also because again, I know the guy from when he started. Mm-hmm. It was my tag team partner and everything like that. We worked World One for Steve Carino with him and everything like that. And me, Steve, and everybody else said even then when he was just starting, we all said. Adam's got it. Adam's going the distance. We said it then, and that's less than 10 years ago. Yeah. Less than 10 years ago. And we said he has it. He's going all the way. So now, again, the question is, is he going to AEW? He could still pop up. Who knows? But one thing I will tell you from personal experience, Adam is very, very intelligent he's a very smart person anybody that has ever met this young man spoken to him other than knowing he's just like one of the most nicest awesome people you'll ever meet yes but in terms of intelligence he is very intelligent and trust me any decision he's going to make is going to be a smart one for him in the long run i hope so because if if adam cole um and that Thank you for saying that, Damien, because I know the next time we see Adam Cole on TV, it'll be because he's thought he's weighed all the options. He's gone through all the, the parameters. So if we see when we wherever we see Adam Cole on TV, we know that's where he wants to be and where he's going to get his best opportunity. I really sincerely hope that uh, as much as I love a reunion and uh, obviously he and, and Britt Baker are uh, a couple and could do major uh, damage in AEW. I want to see him back in WWE because if he, if I see him on TV again at the WWE, it's because they made a commitment to him because they see what they have in here. You know, we, we were just talking about how the WWE loves to bring back the old folks, people that people they already know, instead of creating new superstars. If they love the old so much, if they love the, the people that, that they've made them so much money before, Adam Cole's your new Shawn Michaels. He could also be your new Roddy Piper because the guy has everything. He can talk. He looks like a million bucks. He works like no one else in the company uh, and no one in either company uh, has. I'm t- including AEW too. No one is as good as Adam Cole. If you even want to bring him in, you know, I thought about, you know, I was I was thinking about um when Roddy Piper first started in the WWF, a lot of fans don't re- might not remember it. But he came in like as a like a player coach. He came in, he walked to the ringside with Bob Orton, with Paul Orndorff, with Dave Schultz, and he would occasionally wrestle on TV and he wrestled maybe yeah. like three times, but he And he was considered small. And he yeah. was considered small. Yeah. yeah, he was considered but, small, but he was like the but he was like the a player coach, a guy that we, he would go along with the the rest of his crew, and a, when he was stepping in, he would win, and he could say I'm undefeated. Cole could be that guy. You surround him with guys if you like big guys so much, give him a staple. 
Have Cole do all the talking. Have him be the mealy mouth guy that you can't wait to get your hands on. You shut his mouth. But then when he does wrestle, he wins. So he can always say he's undefeated and he's surrounded by these guys. When Piper came in, again, he had Orndorff, he had Orton, he had Dave Schultz. Um, and they were just like, they weren't ever named a crew. But, you know, when Piper was there and one of those guys were there, you know you were going to see a main event heel get main event heat and draw a lot of money. So that's just one possible way you could use Adam Cole. But if you put Adam Cole on the main roster, he's got to be in your top four or else there's no reason to re-sign him at all. Yeah, because again, from to my understanding, what had happened when, when everybody got stuck in Saudi Arabia and they did the whole NXT thing because they had nobody. Mm-hmm. And it started with, because Cole had that first match with, with Seth O'Brien. I don't know which one he wrestled first. I think it was Seth, right? Or was it? Well, point is... I can't remember now, yeah. That was, Brian. It was, it was, I was Brian. Brian. It was Brian. And was everybody Brian. was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, Vince was like, whoa, this kid's really good. Yeah, welcome uh, to the 21st century. And then <laughs> they were like, well, let's pop him up again and let's have him work Seth Rollins. And, and he killed it with Rollins. And that's when Vince was like, holy smokes, this kid, you know, so... Where'd he come from? What do you, what do you, what are you watching that you just discovered it then though? But it now bleeds into the last aspect that I was going to get into, which has since the time we started talking about this topic last week till now has made a major like downfall. <laughs> I have no other words. What downfall change, whatever is up ahead. So there was that big slew of releases in NXT, which one, apparently Triple H had no clue was happening <laughs> until it started happening. And it was like, I thought this was mine and Sean's deal that we were doing. So they proved that. Then how I was like, okay, this is not, it's not a brand. You know, he kept toting it as a brand. It's like, no, it's a, it's developmental, blah, 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 blah. To now just coming out today. Now it is Triple H has no power. Vince and Pritchard, who's been fired, I don't know how many times, whatever, uh, anyway, uh, are now the producers on it and everything like that. They're going to be filming it every two weeks. And apparently they've already literally put it out there. They put it out, period. There's going to be mass mass releases, including of veterans in NXT. In addition to the people that they just took in, which is like five or six new people. That they just literally brought in. So which only one is a wrestler so, uh, only uh, because they, they already signed the Olympic wrestler, which, you know, they're going to wind up keeping him. They just right. signed the Olympic gold, re- gold medalist. They're going to keep him. But at, to the point though, the USA network, even bef- just before this was like, when they did the mass releases, USA network themselves weren't happy. They were like, what are you doing? We're not comfortable with what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And they've created a new logo already that everybody's seen, which everybody's just like, it's I hate it. It sucks. LGBTQ would not make something that stupid. Yeah, so... Um, it's a terrible logo. Yeah, I'm sorry. So now, Fucking for the stupid. last bit of it, which now has turned into a bigger topic than I was originally going to have, thoughts on this whole changing from power to management to to look to feel to everything that's projectedly about to happen in nxt because I, I i i unfortunately see some people that are huge staples in nxt 
unfortunately being let go because of certain comments that was like, we don't want midgets and this and that and that and this. But anyway, Dan, you had your hand up. No. What power does Triple H have in this company right now? None. He's a son-in-law. That's it. They said they but, said he has no power at all right now. So nothing for Raw and SmackDown. They said it's right now. It's, it's NXT Listen, is now completely, I just want, completely produced okay. by Vince and Pritchard. Uh, okay, Vince, go home. I, I, I'll say it. I'll be the one that says it, and all the the fanboys come after me. Vince McMahon needs to go to fuck home. Vince McMahon needs to retire. Vince McMahon doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have it anymore. I don't. I, you get, well, this this just happened. Have you not looked at the big picture in the last five years? It's time to go home. You, first of all, let's not even mention the, the the things that I could put on the list on wow, he should probably be in jail. I don't really care about that. Whatever. Whatever. It's wrestling. Apparently, terrible people will always be allowed in wrestling because uh, terrible people are allowed to be in wrestling. Pressure. Um, but you have nothing else to prove. But there's nothing else that you can want. And I know that part of it is this is what I do. I'm a promoter, but that went out the door long ago, but we became publicly traded in my eye, in my eye, in my opinion. There's no point we have evolved past events. Thank you very much for everything you have done, underhanded or overhanded or on the level the last 50 plus years. We have gotten things that we'll be talking about until we're in the grave. On this show, mostly we'll be talking about. It's and time to move on forever. Yes, I don't. I don't. I was saying this the other day when I read part of this, and then I got so pissed off about it. I stopped reading on. Might have even been today. And you bring it up, got me mad again. I want him to go home. I don't want him there. I'm. I'm gonna cry about this. I'm not gonna cry like that. Like I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna be loud about it now. I, I can't watch most of the product and you're making you're making it worse. I don't know, whatever. Nick Khan, what's his name? Nick Khan? Uh, Tony Khan. No, Tony Khan. No, 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 Nick no, Khan. No, no, Nick, it is Nick. Nick. Yeah, Tony's Khan! AEW. Khan! Khan! I don't know what Nick Khan's doing. Sale. It's it's for sale. Um, uh, but you're hampering the you're giving in, first of all. You moved to NXT and now you're chopping their hands off. The, I, developmental doesn't work on TV. Look at it, UWCW. Does it work? FCW. Nobody, FCW, nobody wants to watch it. It's a stupid move. NXT went from a year ago, even a year ago, months ago, where most of the time it would be the better show as far as a wrestling show. And the thing is, this really, really, really quick. This also stems from Vince being mad that they lost in the ratings to AEW. They lose shit. They break, lose. They're they're barely breaking a million. What did you lose? Not only that, that's that's why. I'm not yelling at you, but I, I mean that in, in a negative way. It's like, why are you? I understand why you're paying attention to ratings, but your ratings but why? are not <laughs> indicative of. Your product. product. It is because people like actually the NXT product. Like that's what she, she she had mentioned. It's like you know Triple H was running the product. He wasn't looking at the ratings. Yeah, I know. We. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I know we can debate as well about Triple H about the goods and the bads, but I think Triple H is 
Well, however he got there, I don't really care. You want to you want to do the sleep with thing? If you want to be that immature about it, fine. That's your prerogative. The dude has proved more than more than one time, a million times over, that despite all of that, he's good at what he's doing, and I would make put him in charge. Him put and Heyman in charge. This- him, him and Sean have Sean. their fingers on the on the pulse. They have Heyman on the pulse. Heyman still even get him to co-write the things. Just get them in there, but get rid of Pritchard. He'll be fired for the 18th time soon. Sure of that. And I like the guy. Vince, go home. What the fuck are we doing here? What were you gonna say? Yeah. I mean, regarding NXT, I mean, I, look, I, I don't get to watch NXT as often as I would like to, okay? But I know who's on roster. I know most of the storylines going on. And, you know, this harkens back to what I was talking about earlier via representation. Without someone like Triple H in charge, I on and, 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 and seeing who they just signed up and their lack of wrestling credentials, which is such in a barbaric way of thinking these days when it comes to hiring people in wrestling, you, you know, that that's so been, that's been done and it didn't always work out. Not all the females you took off the streets without wrestling knowledge became a Trish Stratus. Okay. And, and it's just, I fear for the diversity that the show gave as far as the men and women, not, not just race or ethnicity, but appearance. We would never, without Triple H running NXT, we would never have seen someone the likes of Shotzi Blackheart. We would never have seen Rhea evolve from what she was in the very first Mae Young Classic to what she is now. He gave them a chance to be them. Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross doesn't fit the mold at all in terms of appearance. Yeah, it's just... It, even even so far as not being like that rock and roll, whatever. But like, you know, well, for example, I'm not a big Candice LeRae fan. She was able in NXT to take her character and evolve it physically as well as how she played it. We all know Vince loves the tall, long-haired blonde. This is why the girls all get extensions when they go to main roster. Mandy okay? cut her hair and she's got extensions in. And it's, I worry again for the overall diversity that Triple H was giving us between guys being short or super tall, lean or jacked. Or thick. Uh, you know, the women who were, you know, tall and in shape, like a Raquel Gonzalez, down to, you know, Dakota Kai. She has a new hair color every week and she's a leaner, skinny, you know, getting. Oh, G- Joe Gacy's gone. Getting, you know, Isaiah Lee who, you know, isn't very fluent in, in, in our language. But, you know, giving her the opportunity to NXT has brought in so much for her. And again, he brought in people that we wouldn't know on a first name basis. I had no idea who fucking Nakamura was before he was in NXT. No fucking idea. And I love this man now. He opened up the scope so much more to people that you know hardcore wrestling fans know via the indies like everybody knew who finn balor already was when he had brought him in and And people went ape shit and and just giving these guys that bigger main stage to shine on and 
I sincerely just, again, I fear that it's all of that diversity, all of that. Here's the guy that you've always heard of, but never really got a chance to see. It, it's going to all fall to the wayside. He brought in Oscar. Yeah. Thank you. You saying what you said just literally struck a chord in me, which I'm waiting to see you guys' reaction. Because we had spoke about this last week, and I went in detail about it. I remember Vince, they're going back to that period when they were looking to train, looking for a certain look to train people how to wrestle. Yeah, to fit their own mold. To fit their own, like like the way Tough Enough started, and they're like that. That's how John Morrison came to be. He was the guy that they put in the thing, and he liked his look, and it went from there, and so forth and so on. If you look at the scope of how Triple H was running it. Triple H is a true student of professional wrestling. Yeah. He watches professional wrestling globally, old, present, everything. That's why he had the talent he had. And also, if you notice, that's he what he was doing, which was gaining ratings and people excited is he was promoting wrestling, mm -hmm. which is what Vince doesn't want. He was bringing in wrestlers. Exactly, because as you're yeah. spouting what you're saying, I said, wait a minute, Nakamura, mm -hmm. Balor, mm -hmm. Sami Zayn, Kevin oh, Owens. He was bringing workers and wrestlers. Vince would have never given the time of day to a person like a Kevin Owens. That's absolutely true. Yeah, or an FTR. Or, or an yeah. FTR or anything. Everybody Triple H grabbed and put in was somebody that had something or whatever to offer. You know, there are a few in there that he did help build and whatever, like an Alexa Bliss and everything like that, who had very minimal experience. But Bailey, Bailey's another one. Bailey was an indie worker. Yeah. Bailey was a very little known indie worker mm -hmm. and everything like that, who caught some stream, who got picked up some steam on the West Coast. He was picking in wrestlers, and that's not what Vince wants. Not only that, I mean, to piggyback off of that, it kind of, it reminds me of something I was actually writing today in how when you are already experienced on the indies be it a few months down to like a few years you know you already know the pecking order you know how things are supposed to be you know how things are supposed to go therefore if you know how things are supposed to be you question and if you go to main roster or whatever and you question you're problematic you're difficult to work with getting People in that don't know no better, you, you're, you're going to learn you're... what they teach you and what they just want you to know. Therefore, you are quintessentially a puppet. You're the factory model. Yes. And and it's, and again, the, the, the only thing when it comes down to this, and like anybody can learn. Again, Alexa Bliss became fucking phenomenal. But, but she wanted to. Th that, that iron doesn't always strike twice. I mean, again, Trish, you know, she decided she wanted to learn and look what Trish became. I mean, I have my own opinions on her, but I will never deny the fact that she was, she okay, the, you know what? I want to fucking she learn. She put the work in. At the end and, of the day, she put the work in. And look at her now. Yeah. But again, that does, that's not how it is with everyone. I mean, look at Eva Marie, for example. It, it, <sighs> she wants to learn, but it doesn't click. It doesn't You're click. hiring people. You don't know if it's going to click. And that's insanely important. You could have all the passion wrestling you want but i know so many people that had that passion but you cannot teach charisma you cannot teach that connection to actually do it 
And and then it goes back to, again, that low point in the business that we talked about years ago. When Vince did this years ago with FCW, it was very few oh, indie yeah, guys yeah. in there. But they were like, we're bringing in uh, athletes and models and all this stuff to train them how to wrestle the way we want them, to, them wrestle. to wrestle. There was no diversity. Mm-hmm. The business hit a massive lull. Mm-hmm. But also it killed the indies because morale across the board on the indies was now dead because people were like they're not hiring indie people what am i aspiring to or they are hired maybe they will hire me but i'm not white i'm not you know in shape like these guys are i'm not six feet tall uh or on the female level i don't have 34 double d's i'm not blonde again like i mentioned again earlier in this evening and so so now in in high and you know and talking about what was the biggest thing in, in a wrestling weekend just as simple as this nxt thing alone could literally stop the rails before it even gets going because again then it's just like well what am i doing because again it kills the morale like i said last week when it's good up top it trickles down but when you purposely like kill it all it's like you start trickling down and that's where you kill indie workers' morale. It's like, what am I working for? I mean, what and, am I working yeah. for? And, and the debate can be said that, well, there are other places to go, so maybe indie wrestling won't suffer in that respect. No, it, it still will because those other two companies, three companies, are still contractual. And when all those contracts are going to people that were let go, there still isn't going to be anything left. Yeah, and then, you know, and then all that, like, you're looking for your shot, and they are, they got Joe Schmo because, well, he's six foot two and, 250 50 pounds shredded and, and, and they got this feet. one because she was on you know swimsuit uh, sports sports Illustrated swimsuit issue and you know has some athleticism maybe or whatever what's left for me why am i doing this you know and you have to remember bruce pritchard and along with uh with johnny ace johnny laryngitis uh they picked guys you know when they were in ovw they just pick guys that were big and had great bodies and two left feet. Yeah. And they and how many of them are successes right now? None. And and they they literally picked their their divas division from women in the lingerie model. In and a, in the how lingerie many of them catalog. Are, how many of them became legends? Mm-hmm. Well, Stacy Kubler, but for and, a different reasons. Not only that, but wouldn't let them do what they were doing in OVW and on the Indies. Like for example, uh, you know, Cherry, aka. Miss Kara Slice from the Indies. Yeah. She was the manager of Deuce and Domino. Yeah. She got picked via OVW and she was managing them. And I heard her whole story. You know, it was a very last minute thing. Like she was super psyched. They picked her and they did let her do stuff. Mm-hmm. And while partially it was her decision to hone back on her wrestling ability for her character's sake, it was also a matter of they really didn't allow her to experience all of that and because she could work and but who knew because she was on roller skates the whole time and the thing is this is the part that sucks the most she wasn't aware of this until the interview that she had done that one reason that went unspoken that she was let go was because of her look she wasn't super lean hourglass long like she didn't fit the mold and it was much like when they um, 
when they were publicly shaming Mickey James for just getting a few pounds. And they, yeah. And they oh God. Pick, yeah. And they did the Mickey James gimmick. It was a little bit to that. And the thing is, she wasn't aware of mm. any of that until the interview she recently did. And you know, she took it. You know, she didn't take it to heart. She's passed all that, but it says a lot about the state wrestling was in then because at the end of the day, men and women, it's going back. You could, you could so slowly see the dial turning back to the past in terms of women's wrestling, how much time they get now all of a sudden again. Mm-hmm. We're, back, we're back down to two minute matches, including an entrance at times. You know, we're getting matches for men and women that you can see they're not into it. We're getting women that shouldn't be in the ring with each other that has been known multiple times. They have no chemistry. Oh. I mean, and I know I keep going back to the women's part, but I, as, as, a, as the one with yeah, the WWE. Vagina, you know, that side w- needs a voice. Yeah. The vagina w- needs a voice. That was a fun match this Monday on Raw, huh? Well, that's well, again, how many times did they put them two in the ring and there's never been chemistry? I don't know. Try it 20 more times. Maybe they'll kill each other. But I, that's a perfect example of what we were just talking about, because if anyone should be let go or if if you're trimming the fat, how about someone who has routinely hurt people before, either because they're careless or lazy or they don't know their own strength or whatever, but because of who she's related to, she gets to remain on the roster while someone who is incredibly talented, who could give you great matches and make you a lot of money and who's not hurting people gets cut. I, I speculate after last Monday's, and again, this was something that I didn't see, but because it was trending worldwide, then I, you know, paid attention to, I see, we were talking earlier, you were mentioning Adam Cole. And about now he's a free agent. He's got options and he's got a wife slash girlfriend over in AEW. I saw Monday's match. What I thought may be the beginning of seeing Ashley Flair in AEW. That was the opening salvo. Mm. Because you're starting a you. She is your best female athlete on any roster on any wrestling company, but you're putting her in again out of nowhere. I again, mean, you, again. You, she's supposed to do something with Alexa Bliss, which and they dropped, that, and they dropped, and then out of nowhere they put her against Nia Jax again. While she's already in a program with uh, with Rhea and uh, and Nikki, but then they just beat her Nia Jax. The problem with say, letting the problem with letting Nia Jax go is, is you have a. Um, a society you have a system uh, uh foxy knows where i'm going with this yes. uh you have a a it's not the word's not society it's not the word i'm looking for you have a you have a um a culture you have a culture of you have a culture of of a business that people tell stories about how cool it was where oh this guy hurt this person and this guy hurt this person, and then he hurt this person because he was a tough guy, and then and he had a 30, 40 year career. And then you cut to Naya, who's hurting people all the time, and you're like, we should let her go. I'm like, eh, ooh, ooh, wait a second, hold on I mean, a minute. It, it's also a matter of I'm gonna I'm gonna start a new phrase of uh-huh. um, it's uh, systematically 
um, genetic, systematically yeah. genetic. Sure. When you are parts of a family lineage who has been it's like literally it when it sure. comes to wrestling and i and i mean this like on, in the highest in, regard in, in the highest regard but as I, I don't mean this either just to that one family lineage the well, hearts I, as well uh you know i mean not, the, 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 Jack could be well. the ortons and yes it, it uh systematically genetic Nia Jazz could be so wrong. But she should be so good. But you, you look at Awesome Kong, who just retired at NWA Empower. Um, an amazing career that uh, just another another person too good for the uh, Well, too good for one. You know what I mean. She was too good for wrestling. Period. Wonderful lady. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Who who never, to my knowledge, never never heard a story where she hurt somebody that bad. And this was a big person who could throw weight around and make it look like she was destroying the person she was wrestling and, and not actually hurt them. Yeah. And Nia Jax had a real good chance of doing that. But how many times do you put her against your, your, your favored moneymakers risk that I'm not a, I, I'm not a uh, 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 Charlotte Flair hater. The, the, uh, I, I don't understand the well, why does she have to have none of the championships when we live through Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, and John Cena. It's just just because the, the if she wasn't Charlotte Flair, you wouldn't be saying this because it would be the first time I haven't right. I don't get in all of that, but the other time, the other side of it, <laughs> this is your money maker as far as women's wrestling, and you almost killed her. Maybe we need to have a discussion. I'm well, just they've saying. Had, they've had the discussion. Well, then fire. But you're not. That's my whole point. You can't, what Foxy said, you can't teach, you know, uh, this. You can't teach charisma. You can't, you can't, obviously can't teach Nia Jax anything about wrestling. She's just big and she's got a great look, which is, and she's related to the right people, which is why, which is why she's there. I'm seeing this as, and hopefully not, up the slowly the slow burial of Charlotte on her way to becoming Ashley Flair in AEW. Her husband's already there. I think it's only a matter of time for her father's already there. So she sees the writing on the wall. And if they and since WWE is cutting people left and right anyway for some type of sale that I know is coming, what bigger um cash that you can get rid of than Ash than than Charlotte's um contract um, but I don't think charlotte's not the problem in this thing i think oh it's not but i'm saying yeah that, you're right no no it would be better at this point if yeah uh, rick flair rick flair still thinks he can go in the ring i swear to god if i see rick flair wrestle another match i'm never watching wrestling again god damn it no yeah, i agree but you can't Sorry. tell rick flair that i, um, I will tell rick flair that rick no stop it uh, by the way, um, Awesome Kong, uh, Kia Stevens, uh, happy early birthday. Her birthday's on Sunday. Happy birthday. Happy uh, yeah. birthday to one of the best. My favorite, wait, your real quick side before we get back to the, my one of my favorite things I ever heard was Dutch Mantel when he used to run the, uh, he was booking the uh, and um, the TNA women, the knockouts division. And he walked in one day and someone was telling her what they should do. And then, fall, do this, do this. And then he heard him say, and then take a bump. And 
Dutch turned around and said, you two get the hell out of here. And, she, and he said to her in her favor, not not at her, to her, I don't ever want you taking a bump until we need you to take a bump. Don't ever go on your back. They were trying to talk to her into taking a bump and sell a little for your phone. And Dutch was like, whoa, hey, you're, I got, we're doing something here. You need to go back. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. One of the favorite things I've ever heard. Well, he tells the story. He goes, whoa, hold on a second. Who the hell are you? Get out of here. But again, you know, and it's 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 just amazing how the course of one thing in less about in about a week has changed the demographic of what could have been the resurgence. Because again, this is this is literally again, Vince is worried about a ratings war when Triple H was putting on a wrestling show, which already was already a conflict of interests. And I says the shame of it all, if they really wanted to. I wish at the end of the day, Sean and Triple H would both go, you know what? We we both got the money cumulatively. We're out. And they I, go do their own thing and they blow everybody out of the water. It's not what they do. It's not like there's it's not like there's somewhere they can go to be like, hey. Because anything would be better than anything the Young Bucks were booking. I said it. Well, what, what I'm saying is, like, the point is, I, I would love to the movie, like, you know what? We're just going to do our own thing. And watch no, no, how I that get it. Out. Oh, no, I get it. I'm just saying, I, I think because it'd be funnier than... Too, though, at the moment, Triple H had the power in NXT, there were still reins on it. Imagine them two doing it with the shackles you know, off. It, it's a, Hindsight is a hell of a thing. I never thought in a million years that I would ever think that someone like Triple H, of all people, Hunter Hearst Helmsley and, and Shawn Michaels would be at the caliber they are where they could do that and just succeed. And I, I, I and say they this. Blow, they would blow everybody in the water. And I say this in all sincerity. Like, you know, just thinking back on Triple H when he debuted to, you know, Shawn. How they were. Was, how they were. How they were as they got. And it was like, I, I it's one of those, whoa. I did not see this coming. And I'm telling you, if they, if, if them two decided, you know what? It's yours, Vince. Take it. We're going to go over here into this corner over here that nobody's filling. And we're going to do our own thing. And let's see how this works out. And I guarantee you, them two together would blow everybody out of the water. Everybody. It'd be something right. to see. Well, with that being said, <clears throat> thank you, Nerd Herders, for... Yeah. Um, All I'm saying is, uh, this is going to be a hell of a ride to see how this uh, NXT thing shifts. I, yeah. I, I, um, I just go home, Vince. You're, you're drunk. Go home. You're drunk. No, you're old. Uh, go home. Yeah, you're old. You're, you're old and drunk. Go home. Uh, Damien Foxy, uh, where, uh, where can people follow you? It's easy for well, me to say. Since we're on this particular program, this seems to be the program to perfectly the shill. Oh yeah. Chill. Chill so something. Hi. There's something you're doing or something. Hi. That's wrestling related, sort of. Yeah. I am Foxy mm. Foxy. I used to be in the wrestling business, in case you couldn't tell. Mm. I am writing my memoir of that time in wrestling. So if you would like to keep up with it, support it, or just see some fun throwbacks, etc., or just what makes the mind tick, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Viva. 
Foxy Foxy. That is F-O-X-Y. F-O-X-X-Y. You can also support on Patreon.com slash Foxy Foxy. This will be the last month of my Patreon. Shit's been cray. <laughs> Shit has been cray. So this month, as of tomorrow, shit's going to get fun cray on Patreon. So be sure to join that for this final month because all efforts are going towards the editor for my book, which is halfway officially through its second draft. And you can check out myself and Dan Law this Saturday on Manic Mixtape where we talk maniacally about music. No, not the, no, 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 no. Don't join us this week. Don't, Don't join, join us this week. week. Next. Join us another week. Forget Next you week. ever heard that. Next I'll week. Avert your eyes. Look away. That's this part. In fact, never play this again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank yes. You. Thank you, David. Ross, to get a universe. Sorry, Foxy. That's my fault. I didn't explain. <laughs> it's, no, you did. I forgot. Oh, you did. Yeah. I don't think I, I, don't think I did. Up soon. Yes. That's okay. We're, How old we're you old. 40. Wow. We got a 39th birthday to celebrate. And also celebrate the fact that it's no longer August. Why does so, she look the youngest? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I probably stress out the most. Hmm. No, I, I think we're even. That's probably why I, I look I, this old as I am. Everything from the neck up peaked at 19. It hasn't, nothing's changed from the neck <laughs> up since 19. Okay. <laughs> everything else has been a victim of motherhood. <laughs> it's not a victim, folks. It's not a victim. <laughs> it's not right, a victim. Please, for Christ's sake, before we get more information that I want. Um, and I actually want the information. Damien, tell me. <laughs> well, you can catch me on Instagram at dvargas802. Uh, you can follow the Nerd Herders news bits leading up to the show at Nerd Herders Rebooted on Facebook. Uh, if you are in the Jersey area, close to me, um, you can also follow me uh, at u.s.shotokai for my karate school. I teach karate as well as do personal training. <laughs> Which you can, can swim to now. now. Huh? Which you can, can swim, swim to now. now. Which I can swim to now. Yeah. And then later. But yeah, you can follow me over there. And you can also find U.S. Shotokai on Facebook. If you want to know more about the, uh, the karate school for all ages or personal training. Excellent. Well, uh, Mr. Wrestling Historian, where can people follow you, sir? Well, I'm still trying to see Foxy from the neck down. Sorry. <laughs> Patreon. Have you uh, seen the beer bottle? Yes. And I, Damien, Damien, it's a kid's show. It's not a kid's show. Stop it. Thank you. Thank you, Dame. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And I, I subscribe to uh, Foxy's uh, Patreon. I got PayPal got me like boom, boom, boom. So my $6.48 every month, my payment to uh, Miss Veronica Vargas is uh, very well um, intentioned and uh, a wise investment. Uh, the upcoming uh, soon to be best selling memoir, Tell Me Who I'm Supposed to Be uh, Life and Tales of uh, Wife, Mother, Wrestler, Referee, Valet, Manager, all of the above. I happily support uh, the efforts of one Foxy Foxy. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Now that my power has been restored, um, let me apologize to all of our listeners and viewers of uh, this week's HIAC Talk Radio. If I'm looking down, uh, if I've been on my phone because I've been 
letting people know that my power is back on. I've been without power. My whole building has been without power. I'm just finding out since four o'clock this afternoon. Um, I got home at five and it had been out for since it, I didn't get power back until 845. Um, so it was just in time for the uh, for this podcast. And when we started, my neighbors were knocking on my door to see if we if I needed help or if they needed help. So I couldn't even answer them. And I've been on the phone all night telling people that I I've got my power back and that I'm OK. And obviously we've been we're, we've been seen on CNN and on national news because Philadelphia is presently underwater. So I've been uh, fielding phone calls and messages from uh, people, well-wishers, wanting to know how I am. Uh, and I was getting back to them while I was on the air with you guys. So you're my I priority. just want to be clear that Philadelphia is underwater, not water. Yes, W-O-O-D-E-R is what I'm underneath. Um, but that's what, so if I, my, my attention was obviously with you, but I've been getting back to people sending me well wishes and asking me how I'm doing when an update. But yes, as we went on the air, I just got my power back. Um, and I've got my power and I give it to you, uh, the listeners and viewers of HIAC Talk Radio. And I also give it to the host, uh, the man I was worried about the most on this day, despite me not having power, despite Philadelphia being underwater, the person I was worried about the most uh, today on this very special day uh, is our friend, our host, uh, Mr. Dan Calachico, dealing with a tremendous loss uh, of a woman that we all come to know and love and respect. Um, and But we're still doing the show. And thank you, Dan, for having us on today. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, follow me on Twitter. And Amber gives no Fs. No, Amber doesn't care. She's going to kill us all. Follow me on Twitter, DanLaw83. All social media platforms, YouTube, TikTok. I don't really want to know what I have that for. Um, uh, all of it. DanLaw83. Like, share, subscribe. Thank you, everybody, for coming in tonight. Uh, we will see you, not Saturday. We will see you next week. Good night, all.